broadcasting live. Weekday mornings, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. It sure is, and we thank you for your support. And it's a, a Tuesday morning, the 26th of September, and uh, we're waiting for Darko Valchak to check in. He's a good guy. We haven't talked to him for a while, so I'm kind of excited to talk with him. I have a lot of questions, and so do you. And he's not there, but uh, we've been emailing, and I know he's around in my nose itches in the rainforest where he lives, Peru. Emailed last night. We're all set up to go, but um, he doesn't have a phone and no connection this morning. I've emailed several times, so I I suspect that he is uh, having an issue with his internet. That's my the only the only what could explain why he's not why he's not responding. So we'll vamp here for a while. We'll see what's going on. Read some emails, talk about some trash, and uh, uh, talk to you. And uh, I, hopefully, he's just going to pop in at any moment. Most often, when these internet things happen, they're just kind of temporary. So if you would like to talk to me, if you've been wanting to talk to me and haven't had a chance, well, now is a good time. The phone line is open. You can call right now. 888-663-6386. Most of our listeners, are they watch on a podcast after the show and also on video and bit shoot after the show. Uh, but... Um, Oh, I can put this on faceplant. Let me do that. All right, now we're streaming on Facebook. So, as we wait for Darko, and we'll see what's up with him, if you'd like to talk to me, question or comment, anything at all, on this Tuesday morning, the 26th, it's 10.35 Central Time in the great state of Texas, you can call 888-663-6386. As I was so rudely interrupted by my mind that came in, uh, we have a very, pretty small boutique listenership live. It, You know, people want to watch these things and listen on their own terms and not when we do it. But, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of people listen live. But So if you want to call and talk, I'll talk to you about anything. Email as well, Patrick at one radio network.com. Patrick at one radio network.com. Tomorrow, Russell Bentley is going to be here. Russell is our man on the ground in, in Ukraine. Cool guy. He's a, he's a patriot. And he, he, know it's, he, he knows what's happening over there from Denks, Donetsk, Donetsk, rather. Tucker Carlson. Really, uh, recently had a long interview with a general, his name is escaping me at the moment, but 30-year general, Air Force decorated general, that um, kind of laid it out, and he said he knows what's going on over there, and it's just n- not good for Ukraine. The whole thing is a mess. Putin's just kicking their ass. Maybe 500,000 people, Ukrainians, have died. The military... 
I'm sorry, the media in this country are completely oblivious. Well, they know what's going on, but they are, of course, giving you propaganda and the party line on this war. Uh, Russia's winning, and you know. So I don't know where all of this money from we the people uh, through the Biden administration, the globalists, and the neocons that, that are loving this war, you know, the military-industrial complex, they love the war. They don't care. So we kill a few people, you know, we'll sell some bullets and planes, and it'll be great. Um, these are, people are psychopaths, and there's got to be a way how we can run them out of office. I'm not sure how that is. If I knew, I would, I would, I would support it. Anyway, so the whole thing is a mess. Uh, most of the world knows it. Uh, I don't think most Americans know what's going on. They believe that that uh, Ukraine is gaining on them. They're going to win, and we're going to keep sending billions. I think it's $125 billion. I know it's chump change, but the United States is broke. They don't have $125 billion. Uh, we the people are on the hook for at least $35 trillion in bonded debt. They say it's 32, they lie. And then there's $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities, such as the Social Security Trust Fund that doesn't exist. They stole all that money. Um, uh, oh, no, that's not uh, Darko. I thought that was Darko. Uh, they stole all the, the Social Security money beginning with uh, Johnson in, uh, after they killed Kennedy in... 1965, they did a thing called the Unified Budget, and they began taking money out of the money coming in from Social Security, putting it in the general fund, and replacing it with uh, Treasury bonds at that time, which was good because they're, even though they're debt, you know, at least they are um, something. They're marketable securities. So they, they've been stealing this money since, as I say, 65, so there is no trust fund. Um, the United States has to come up with a treasury. I don't know what the number is. I'd have to look. Um, I think it's about, I don't know, maybe 50 billion something uh, just to keep Social Security um, payments going out every month. They keep talking about their trust fund's going to run out in 2030. That's all made up. Trust fund's gone. There is no trust fund. They just make stuff up. They don't care. They just make it up. Trust fund's long gone. And uh, it's coming out of uh, general revenue taxes. Um, so whether or not you or I will get Social Security 10 years from now, I don't know. I suspect as long as the United States is still afloat, uh, they will borrow the money like they're doing now and just pay the people uh, Social Security because if they would turn that off, it would be a disaster and folks would literally, you think January 6th, well, it was nothing, but you think January 6th was uh, insurrection. Well, you stop Social Security, you'd have you know, 150 million people with pitchforks storming the White House because many people count on that to live. So I don't think they'll ever not do it. Um, they'll just keep borrowing the money and paying people and, and driving up inflation and driving up the debt. And the whole thing is just a 
popsicle stand. It's a kabuki theater. There's nothing good going to end with this. It can't end well. There's no plan. There's zero plan. The only thing they're doing is borrowing money from the um, public, you and I, people, trust funds, hedge funds, pension funds. They buy about half or so of the debt, sometimes more. And then the Federal Reserve Bank of New York creates dollars on a computer and buys treasury bonds, and that's what's inflationary. Do you understand how that works? Yeah, we can go through that. It's it's really quite simple. Uh, my number here, as we're waiting for Darko, 888-663-6386. So I'm just vamping along on something I know about, which is the monetary system. Thanks to Andrew Goss. So, say the Treasury wants to put out, mm, I don't know, 50 maybe $10 billion in debt. And they do this every day. At this point, the United States Treasury is about a trillion and a half dollars per year in the red with the budget. So whatever's coming in, a trillion and a half needs to be spent that is not coming in with taxes and tariffs or whatever. And so Treasury is a trillion and a half so a trillion is a thousand billion, so that's one thousand five hundred billion. Think about that: one thousand five hundred billion dollars in debt in the red each year. The deficit for the out- outflow. Can you imagine one point five trillion a year? overspending of what what was in the budget. They just blow it, you know. They go to Ukraine, they pay off these kids some um, student loans. They'll I think they just loaned two billion to Poland for tanks. You know, they they and there's no there, there's no accountability. There they just do it. They don't have the the authority to do it. They just do it. They wake Biden up from his nap and here, sign this and it's executive order and they do it. It's all unconstitutional. The whole thing is just a mess. I've never seen, and I've studied this stuff for, well, with Andrew Goss for 30 years. And you have been, if you look in history, there's just never been a time when thing is so are, is so screwed up. There's another word, but I won't use it. And it's not going to end well. It can't end well. And that's the reason I'm just kind of off the cuff speaking about it now. It can't end well because you can't. How's it going to end? Will the United States Treasury all of a sudden get religion and cut $1.5 trillion from their spending? What's the chance of that? Going to do it. This is how they get elected, by giving people stuff. They're hoping all these young college kids will vote for Biden in 24, so they'll forgive their uh, student loans. That kind of stuff. I don't know what it's costing them to 
to deal with all of these uh, illegal aliens, migrants. I don't like calling them aliens because there are some real aliens out there that are probably better for this country than the, those dudes coming in from everywhere around the world. And It's just a mess. And the, this government is so screwed up. Uh, so you and I cannot count on the government to do anything. You know, nothing for us except take more of our money. That's it. You can count on that. You know, take more of our money. <laughs> They're going to take everything they can. Everything they can get their fingers on. So we just got to bat in the hatches and figure out a way around this. And we're all doing the best we can. You are and I am. And thanks to your support, I'm able to keep doing this even though our product sales have dwindled because of, you know, people don't have any money. And the amount of inflation, I was going to get to that. So let's talk how that works. So say, I just got off track there for a minute, but I vamp and weave and... Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. If you have a question about this or anything else as we wait for Darko Velchek, hope he's going to show up. Hope he's not. I think his internet must be down. Anyway, so say the United States Treasury, and you can go online and see how much they do this and follow it. It's it's public knowledge. They'll say, okay, we're going to put out ten billion dollars of debt today, and they put it on the market, and they have uh, um, people like the big banks who who sell these things, the traders. So they're the banks are in on it every which way they can. So there's all the primary dealers or the people that own the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, uh, HSBC, Citibank, you know, um, the, the, the boys, you know, the boys, the banker boys, the banker boys. So they're primary dealers. They take these bonds that need to be filled with dollars and they put them out. Their customers... They put out their streets, uh, pension funds call them, hedge funds call them, small investors call them, you go to your banker, they'll do it for you and they, they, they'll buy them up from, if your bank is not Chase or it's one of the big Wells Fargo. So these are the primary dealers. So they control um, and they get a cut there. They get, a little, they get a little taste, you know. The bankers are always in them. <laughs> They're always in others. You know. <clears throat> So they'll put $10 billion out to raise funds to pay for this $1.5 trillion with the budget deficit. So you with me? Okay. So the street, what they call the street, would be pension funds, hedge funds, um, mm, professional investors, um, uh, just people, people that buy treasuries, anybody. Cities do it. Um, states buy treasuries, so they'll 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 buy as much as they want, and how much they 
what part they take of the 1.5 trillion, I'm sorry, what, what part they take from the 10 billion that we're playing with, right, 10 billion? Say they, they buy six, the street buys $6 billion worth that day. Okay, that's called the bid to cover. So the bid to cover would be six billion out of 10, whatever it is. Whatever the street does not purchase, I don't know how long they wait before, then the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, which is the motherload bank that has all the power, they are the people that monetize debt. These are the people that have the ability, along with the banks that own them, to create dollars on a computer. So they say, well, we need $4 billion to buy the $4 billion that the pension funds didn't want today. And these would be maybe sometimes two-year notes, 10-year notes, 30-year notes. And so the Fed, they are the lender of last resort. They will buy. They'll just say, okay, I'm going to create $4 billion on a computer. Seriously, that's what they do. They send it over to the Treasury, here's your $4 billion. And they take the Treasury bonds and put them on the stack. This is the main cause of inflation. You see, because on Monday, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York created $4 billion, send it to the Treasury, the Treasury sends it out into the world to buy stuff, to pay stuff. It goes out as quickly as it comes in. So the street, the money supply, is increased by $4 billion. Doesn't seem like a lot. But when you keep dumping money out there like they've dumped, I don't know, five, six trillion, who knows, has been created in the last 10 years. These dollars are get out there. They get out there. Wherever they go, then people spend them and they buy food and stuff and they get out there. So there's more dollars chasing the same amount of goods. Or in this case now, because GDP is so low, they are chasing less goods because there's less stuff being produced because less people are buying stuff because uh, the prices are going up. Does that make sense? You see how it feeds on itself? So, so for example, um, so for example, there's X amount of gallons of organic milk or whatever being made every day. The, the excess dollars out there chasing this organic milk is causing everything to rise because there's more dollars chasing so much goods. It's just math. It just happens. More people are in there buying stuff and people raise prices and they do. That's what they do. It's supply and demand. Boy, George, we sure are selling out an organic milk every day. Let's raise the price. That's just one example. With cars, with homes, everything. Prices go up because more people want them. The more people that want something, the people selling it raise the price. Human nature. 
And there's other factors in inflationary, but that's the main one. But then, as you and I say, well, I think we're going to cut down the organic milk because it's like $4 more a gallon than it was. That's boring. So then uh, the organic milk supply actually goes down. So you can see how it can add more dollars to less goods. Or prices have gone up so much on new cars. Marge, let's not buy a new car this year. We were going to, but they're too expensive. So that causes uh, the GDP to go down. That causes uh, less goods. But by the way, these dollars are still out there. So that's called stagflation. So the, the, um, the economy is stagnant because nobody's buying stuff because it's too expensive. And then you have more inflation, stagflation. So that's what's going on. Now this one... This went on big time in the 70s. Early in the 70s, gold prices was about, I don't know, I think $35 or $100. You could check it on the, on the, on the, the, the whatever you call them, on the charts. So this was, was it Jimmy Carter? Who was early 70s? I don't know. So this same thing happened. Um, and Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard in 71. It was Nixon and then Carter. When Nixon took the dollar, this was brilliant. So Nixon says, this is so fascinating. So if you see the history and you see how it all works and now the, the bouncing ball, it's like, whoo. It is, this is Kabuki theater. So in 1933, the gov, the one we love, said you can no longer bring in your gold or bring in your dollars and get gold. Do you believe before 1933, you could actually walk into a bank, bring a $10 bill or whatever, or $30, and get an ounce of gold at the bank? Seriously. It's not a fairy tale. We run a gold standard. So in 1933, uh, they were printing too many dollars for the amount of gold that they had, which you knew they were going to do. It's like cocaine. So, so they said, you can't do that anymore. They just said, you can't do it. And they also told people to, to bring in their gold, kind of like put your mask on. There was no man. There was no law. You couldn't. You couldn't make people bring in their gold, but they did, and most people did because most people are sheep. Oh, Marge, we better bring in the gold. The government needs it, so that people brought in their gold, and I think they gave them twenty dollars an ounce for it or something. Two or three weeks later, they they raised the price to to thirty five dollars. Nice way to make a living. Anyway, so then you fast forward. This is the way it's been going on. So after 33, people around the world were still able to cash in their dollars for gold. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, anywhere around the world, you could bring a dollar and get gold for it. So that's why the, you know, people love the U.S. dollar uh, after, after the war. So they, they made uh, oil 
denominated in dollars. They forced them to do it. Um, that's called the petrodollar. So that's why the dollar gained prominence around the world because they forced the people to sell their oil for dollars. Saudi Arabia, Iraq, everybody. They said, if you don't, we're just going to bomb the hell out of you. Seriously. I mean, they didn't say it in those words, but that's what they did. That's called Bretton Woods, the petrodollar. And that is what created this strong demand for the United States dollar since World War II. Because everybody uses oil and everybody wants oil, but they force the people who get the oil out of the ground to sell it for a dollar, for dollars. So that that's how they built the dollar reserve currency. Clever, huh? If I would do it, I, that's what I'd do it. Pretty smart. So, so that's been going on. So then in 1971, uh, they tell old Tricky Dick, they said, Dick, uh, Richard, the Prince of President, whatever, uh, you know, we got to get off the gold standard thing because uh, 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 we can't, we can't give gold anymore to the people bringing in their dollars. We've created too many dollars. Same thing that would happen in 33. This is now what happened, you know, around um, around the world. So Nixon gets on. Um, I, I, I have the I have the tape here somewhere. I won't try to find it, but I might be able to grab it real quick as I talk. So, um, whoops. I think I just saw it. Anyway, so Nixon gets on television in 1971 and says, don't worry, um, don't worry. Everything's fine, but we just can't, we're just not going to give gold to people that have dollars around the country world anymore. What? What? They just did it. Um, they just did it. He just got on TV and did it. I don't know how they come up with it. They just did it. Well, then you can imagine all the people that were selling their oil for dollars, how do you think they felt about that? They weren't happy because they were accumulating all these dollars, right, from people buying their oil. And they would always um, either buy treasuries or they would trade in their... Uh... Oh, you go. We got it. Let's take you back to uh, 1971. The strength of a nation's currency is based on the strength of that nation's economy. And the American economy is by far the strongest in the world. Accordingly, I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. Now, what is this action, which is very technical, what does it mean for you? Let me lay to rest the bugaboo of what is called devaluation. If you want to buy a foreign car or take a trip abroad, market conditions may cause your dollar to buy slightly less. But if you are among the overwhelming majority of Americans who buy American-made products in America, your dollar will be worth just as much tomorrow as it is today. <laughs> sure. 
The effect of this action, in other words, will be to stabilize the dollar. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Hear that one? Your dollar will be worth just as much tomorrow as it is today. Uh, you can go back to 71 and see what a dollar was buying. Go on, go on Google, check that out. Maybe you could send something to me. What, what it costs for, I don't know, a car, a new car in 1971. Maybe one of you will do that. A new 1971 Chevy Impala or something, and then see what it is today. And that's what the dollar has lost value. Cars, you know, the car doesn't go up and that's it. Or what do we pay for gas in 71? What do you pay to go to the movies in 71? And now what you pay today, the dollar has lost that much power. So they have to create more dollars to buy the same thing. Right? That's, that's the way it works. When you inflate the money supply that's being done today, it is a silent tax on you and me who are forced to use dollars. Does that make sense? Because these dollars that we are earning today will not buy the same thing that they will buy tomorrow, next day. And say, oh, they blame milk and they blame the, the meat producers and they blame the car. No, the dollar is losing value. That's why prices go up. Don't blame the people. The dollar is losing value. That's what happens. That's it. It's pure and simple. Where were we? Quite a story, isn't it? So this was fun. So then they, they take the dollar off the gold standard for everybody around the world, which he just did in 71. And then what happened after that? Most of you are probably old enough or young enough to remember. You were still a twinkle in your mommy's and daddy's eyes. We had the Arab oil embargo, 72. So, and I remember it, I was on the radio at that time in St. Louis, and we were saying some crazy thing like, uh, I don't know, um, the oil producing countries were not producing enough, or they didn't want, they wanted to sell, they raised the prices exorbitantly. It was all lies. They didn't want to come on sell us any oil because the stinking dollars we were giving them for the oil, we couldn't, they couldn't convert it to gold anymore. It was just a piece of paper, which it is today. Does that make sense? That was the Arab oil embargo. And I remember it. We had gas lines and, I mean, they just cut off, cut, I don't know how they solved it. I don't remember. I was probably drinking too much beer at that time. Uh, but, you know, I was a, just Jackie, what do you expect? So I, I don't know uh, what, uh, what, how they solved it. They probably told them they would just, you know, liberate them or blow them up like they did in Iraq. I don't know. So during this time, that was in 72, and then... Um, Jimmy Carter won um, after Nixon got blown out because of Vietnam, probably. 
And then Jimmy Carter was there in the White House, and God love him, he was clueless. You think, poor guy, he was, didn't have a clue. He had a sweater on, and they turned down the, they turned down the, uh, the heat in the, in the White House to save money. <laughs> and he had, a, he had a button called W-I-N, whip inflation now. They were going to whip inflation. But it's the same thing that's going on today. They were printing money. Uh, uh, people weren't buying stuff because prices were going up. And it was just crazy. And it was throughout the whole 70s. Same thing that's going on now. But even worse today. And they were just printing and uh, uh, inflation. Treasury bonds were going up just like they are now. Do you know what that means? So, in other words, when treasury bonds go up, they have to pay more interest on the money that we lend them. So if you go out and buy a a 10-year treasury or a two-year treasury for a million dollars, you know, a year ago, they would pay you about 1% to do that. Here, 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 Patrick, give me your million and I'll pay you 1% interest for a year. People do that because it's secure because the government's going to always borrow money to, to pay these things off. Right? So now, though, if you have a million and you buy a treasury bond, you can get maybe 3 or 4%. Why? Because they need the money and uh, people want more money to lend the government money because the government is not very stable. So treasury, and it's inflationary. You see, because why would you buy, it's very fascinating, why would you buy a 10-year treasury for 2% a year ago when you knew, and they told you, you were gonna, we were going to raise rates, we're going to raise rates, and there's lots of inflation, and they're going to keep raising rates because they think, that is going to calm inflation. That's their, they don't. Raising rates doesn't take all that sloppy money that's out there rolling around on the carton of milk. They just make, they, they, they gotta do something because they think, they think they're doing something. It's kind of like some of us with our health stuff, you know. We want to take something and take something and take something because we think that if we're taking something, we're doing something rather than get to the root cause. Anyway, so treasury bonds, mortgages, just like today, uh, 30-year mortgage is about 6%, 7%. Two years ago, it was 3%. Mortgages are going up as interest rates go up. Uh, interest rates on credit cards, car loans, everything is going up just like it did in the 70s. Just like it did. Just like it did. And... In 1981, gold had gone from early on to $100 or $200 an ounce to $850 an ounce. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but you do the math on the percentage of increase. It was huge. And I think in 1981, when the whole thing just kind of stopped, it's above my pay grade to know how it stopped, but it did, I think a 30-year fixed mortgage was 15%. Hello? Seriously. And back in those days, if, just think if you had a bunch of gold and you sold it for these stinking dollars. 
So this is something to keep in mind today. Just think if you had a lot of gold, say you had a million dollars worth of gold, and you sold it in 1981 for $800 that you paid $200 for, and then you bought a treasury bond at 15% interest. Pretty smart, huh? And there's people who did that. Think about that. You made $600 an ounce on the gold, and the money you made, you loaned it to the treasury, and they're going to pay you back 15% interest. Million dollar treasury bond, $150,000 a year. Go to Costa Rica, live it up, buy a 30-year treasury. 15% for 30 years, go to Costa Rica and make babies. 150 grand a year. Thank you very much. In the mail. So that's where we are, folks. Uh, I think we're, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm not smart enough to know how far interest rates are going to go and the mortgages. Are they going to go to 10%, 15% before this popsicle stand explodes? I don't know. But if it keeps going, you might want to get yourself some gold right now. I'm going to do a little commercial. What a timely little thing. I didn't plan this, but this is my good friend, Fred Dashevsky and the real world of money. And let me bring up his slide. U.S. Coin Capital. Gold today is about uh, 1900 I think. You can go online. What if gold goes to $2,000 in the next three, four, five years? If they keep running this baby up. And we think they're going to because unless you're unless you know how they're going to stop. If they stop printing money, the whole thing goes in the toilet. Right? If they stop printing money, the whole thing goes, the whole thing explodes. If they default on the treasury bonds, the whole thing explodes. If they, if they stop paying Social Security, the whole thing explodes. Um, if they stop printing money, the whole thing explodes. Um, the only way out without gold going up, is, I'll tell you right after I tell you about Fred, 800-878-2646. We think this is the best way to get gold and silver in your little formerly nicotine-stained hands. 800-878-2646. Talk to Fred, talk to Donna, talk to Roger, other people there. They got a small boutique firm, but these people are on it. They understand the game. They understand how it's played. Uh, I learned about these things from Fred and Andrew Goss over 30 years. Fred knows exactly what's going on. So you're going to talk to somebody that understands the game. Um, You go to some gold dealer on late night television, you got, God knows what you're going to get, how much it costs, what the, you know, what the um, commission is. um, You don't know anything. But you talk to Fred and you say, okay, give me some ideas what I can do here. How long do I need to hold it? Now, he's not going to predict gold prices or silver prices because he's not Nostradamus, but he won't, he'll, he won't predict them. But you know what I mean? 800-878-2646. We recommend that you get some pre-1965 
not dimes, quarters, halves, and silver dollars. These are silver. They're not collectible value. They call them currency silver. Buy as much as you want. Put that in your underwear drawer where nobody knows except your former husband. Oh, boy, well, you know, put them somewhere. <laughs> or you, you can bury them in the backyard. That's a good spot. Get a, you can get a, um, um, what do you call it? A, buy a leak-proof case that's not going to leak water. Seriously. Some night, go out there in your backyard and dig a hole. Who's going to know? Nobody. It's a good spot. I think it's better than a safe. A safe, a burglar might try to carry it away. Backyard, nobody knows you got it except you and don't tell anybody. Well, you might write a secret note and give it to your attorney in case you leave your body. Your kids will know where the money is. <laughs> you know, well, you know, you know, you got to plan for the, those things. I mean, you know, might want to leave. Anyway, it's eight hundred. Eight seven eight two six four six. So where are we? Let's see. So um, nineteen eighty one, it was fifteen percent for mortgages, and then the whole thing just somehow stopped and then gradually went down. So we're here today. We don't know where it's going to stop. Um, it, you know, the last um, the last Fed meeting, they didn't raise interest rates again. I'm going to go to the Fed's balance sheet. I checked their balance sheet, man. I keep tabs on these things for you. Yeah, Fed Federal Reserve puts their balance sheet right online. You can see it. You want to Google it? Okay. H41 release. There it is. The H41 release. Check. Click on that. Click on uh, the latest release date. Oh, release dates. The latest release date is September 21, two days ago. Click on that. There's their balance sheet. At this point, ooh, at this point, we the people own the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, owned by J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, HSBC, um, Morgan Stanley, um, you know, the usual suspect. We call them the boys. We owe them How did they earn that $7.5 trillion? Well, it was a lot of effort, really. They sat down and created $7 trillion on their computer, sent it to us. I know, it was tough. Took a lot of coffee for that day when they did that, and little by little, but that's how they did it. I mean, I think we should pay them back 7 don't you think? I don't think so. And in my screenplay, we don't do it. When the president says, enough. Anyway. So you want to you just um, see how bonkers this thing is? 
So all of these, tra- it's not that they just, you know, these treasury bonds, we're paying interest on this stuff. We pay interest, we the people pay interest on every dollar that we borrow, depending on the interest rate of the day, right? 2%, 3%, 4%, whatever. So interest rates are going up, so the, the uh, interest that we pay on the debt is going up. It makes sense? Right now, we're paying about 1.2, we, when we say we, we the people, not the treasury, we own this money, it's on us. If you don't think that we owe it, you, you, you don't understand the history. When you get a birth certificate, um, we're, the, we're the debt, we're the debtors, we the people. Oh, you don't know that? Yeah, well, that's a little thing they don't tell you at the hospital. <laughs> when you get a birth certificate, um, I can't believe I'm going into all this, but what the hell. Uh, when you get a birth certificate, what you don't want to do, by the way, um, um, it usually has the woman's first and last name, the man's first and last name, but they don't match because they have the woman's maiden name. And the gov, they, they say, well, these people aren't married because their name aren't the same, so we're going to declare them that they're a bastard or you know, Ill, um, illegitimate, and we're going to take care of these people. And they stamp that sucker, and they put the footprint, and you are now owned by the government. And then, I know. And then you are now the baby. Each one of us, we are we are the collateral for the debt. So they send that somewhere to the Bank of International Settlements. It's just so creepy. And they say, well, we can borrow more money because here we got ten thousand new kids in the in the mix, and they're going to earn so much money over their lifetime. So this is the collateral for the debt. We are the collateral. Did you know that? We the people are the collateral. Because they say, well, you know, Patrick's going to earn so much money, pay so much taxes, so they put a number on it. The whole thing is just spooky. Just mirrors, you know, smoking in mirrors. So we're the collateral for the debt, we the people. And um, every time a new kid is born, there's the collateral. By the way, this is the reason you want to get even spookier, this is the reason why um, what's that organization? CPS? What does that stand for? It is help me out. Uh, CPS, the, the people that come and take your kids if you know, misbehaving. Misbehaving. Oh well. You know, CPS. The reason they can come and take a child from someone who neighbor says, you know, I think he's slapping Joe around. You got to help Child Protective Services. I knew it would come in. See how the mind works? We could talk about that. That's how you remember things. You let it go. Then it comes in. Child Protective Services. So they can come over to Mrs. Schwartz and say, Mrs. Schwartz, so we, you know, 
your neighbor said that you're slapping Joe around. We need to take Joe because, you know, we, we want to protect him. We're child protective service. And the reason they can legally do that is because legally the state owns your kid. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> Hannah is listening this morning. Hi, Hannah. How are you feeling? She was she was not uh, she was detoxing last Friday, but she's listening. Hi, babe. Okay, what she got here? Let's see. Wow, this is a heavy topic day. Really, I don't think it's very heavy. Do you think it's heavy? No, it's, not. it's just money. It's just piece, pieces of paper with pictures of dead presidents on it. That's okay. I'm kidding you. There's certainly a lot of disaster within the financial system in our country. Indeed, I'm sure most of us are feeling and experiencing that more now than ever. Yes, I know, and I know we all are. I'm curious from your perspective, how much does all of us talking about the heaviness of it and projecting what may be coming actually creates negative trajectory in our financial reality, manifesting financial crisis worldwide? Just want to hear your thoughts. Wonderful question. Wonderful question. My dear Hannah, who I love deeply, She's used the term heavy and uh, negative trajectory and financial reality and how it can play into our own reality and projecting it. And you're exactly right. The whole point is you can't take it heavy. It's just money. It's just a mirage. You know, it's just, it's just a kabuki theater. Do you understand? You, you can see I, I haven't felt this, uh, I haven't felt happy about it. I understand this stuff. I don't think about it. Try to earn as much as we can and pay the bills. That's it. So it's, it's really, Hannah, about attitude. It's just like, um, I don't know, sweetie, chemtrails or pick your, your disaster de jour, you know, weather modification, um, injections, um, variants, germs, any of it. If you just look at it like a game, like this is just the way it is, I understand how it works. And it's helpful because I can stay out of the, the fray. But if we think it's all real, and if we believe that it really is going to affect us, and we, can't, we don't have any options, which we always have options, then it gets heavy, and we worry about it, and that's what creates what you're saying that it's just the attitude, it's our state of consciousness, it's um, how we approach it, how we view money, how we view the government. If we think, if we worry about it, that's what creates all the, the as you're saying, manifesting financial crisis. And I understand, I think that you're also referring to the world, and it's, it's exactly right. Um, these people know this. They're not stupid. They're psychopaths, uh, but they know that by making people feel scared, people feel worried, people feel anxious, how am I going to pay my bills, prices are going up, oh my God, this does create financial crisis worldwide. Because most people, 
God love them, don't understand what I just said. I'd say 95% of humanity. It's probably even more. They don't understand this. This is why we talk about this stuff. Because they're just doing their life. They've got their kids. God love them. They're probably doing two jobs. You know, maybe they got a sappy husband who's out at night. Or whatever. You know, America. In the world. They watch TV news. They think that, uh, you know, we're days away from nuclear war. So they worry about stuff and they don't understand with what they think and believe and how they approach things and their attitude affects their reality. They don't understand it. And this is how these people are getting away with all this stuff because they just keep coming up with more fear porn, you know, the media pounding away, you know, pounding away day after day after day. So yeah, if you take any of this seriously, you'll create it for yourself. No doubt about it. But over the years, I've gotten very good at seeing The Matrix, and it's just like a movie to me. I mean, you know, it's just a movie. So I can get, I can even get, I get more emotionally involved in movies than I do in this stuff. This is just, to me, it's just hilarious. You know, it's just like, I think it's fascinating how they're pulling it off, actually. They're very smart. Very smart. And at the same time, they're very dumb. You know. How they think, from a karmic perspective, they're going to get away with um, killing people, uh, you know, and not have to pay for it someday. That's not smart. <laughs> That's not very smart. <laughs> no. That's not smart. Oh my God. That is the dumbest of dumb. So I hope the and email back if you have want to follow up questions since you're not here. Hillary Dace. God love you. That's not possible. It is possible. Hillary Dace just donated a, I won't, I won't, it's not, whew, thank you. Hillary. God love you, thank you so much. It seems that the banks wanted the car companies to go on strike so they could unload all of the repossessed inventory that they had on hand that wasn't selling. What are your thoughts on this? Let me try that again. It seems that the banks wanted the car companies to go on strike so they could unload all of the repossessed inventory that they had that wasn't selling. Oh, Linda lives in car country, Detroit. I mean, well, I mean, there's probably a connection because there always is. There are no accidents, but keep in mind that the unions are, what, are who are going on strike. So um, if the banks made a deal with the unions to go on strike, then your, your um, theory could be, could be correct. Um, but, so I don't know. I mean, it's possible. 
there are no accidents. Things are all connected. But the, the unions, the, the guys and girls that make the cars, they want more money, and uh, they're going to get it because they'll just not make any more cars. So, But to your point, you know, when they stop making cars, all of the car dealers have massive amounts. Linda's correct. She lives in Detroit, so she probably pays attention to this stuff. Out there are just loads of parking lots full of cars that they'd love to sell. And they'll sell them. So, who knows? Did somebody, I mean, it'd make a great screenplay. Did somebody pay off the union leader to put the boys on strike? Maybe. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. But, I don't know. Oh, the, the writers, uh, the Writers Guild of America, screenwriters, um, we're going to go off strike. Did you see that? The writers have made a deal with uh, Amazon and Hulu and these people to get more money for their streaming, uh, to not get all AI'd, not to be able to use it. But this is, these are just the writers, the actors and the other people that are on strike in um, sympathy with the writers, um, they've not done it. So, but. but things are back moving again, I hope. It'll be good. Because when I sell the first screenplay, do you know what, what I'm going to do? First screenplay that I sell, I'm going to I'm going to put a, re this is weird, I'm going to put a refrigeration system on my cold water. You know, under the house. And get the cold water to maybe 45. Whew. Cold showers are the bomb. Cold showers will put kicking your giddy up like you've never had before. It's very valuable. You don't have to sit in ice like um, like um, Wim Hof, but you can do really cold showers. And a lot of a lot of cities have very cold showers in the in the winter. You don't probably need it, but in in, in Texas, um, you know, I'm on rainwater, and so it only gets to about seventy five or eighty at night these days. So the cold isn't very cold, but you know, something. Yeah, cold showers are very, um, very powerful. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you very much for your support. If you would like to send us some dollars, now that you know, yeah, this is great, now that you know that the dollar is totally nothing, maybe you'll have, <laughs> have more motive to send us some dollars. Yeah, we can use some. Uh, this is, oh, she had an amazing... Um, a little donation this morning. But you can do a one-off donation uh, just by go to the donation tab on One Radio Network. Or if you're listening to this special program on money and stuff, since Darko mm, Internet is probably out, you can uh, go to the link below the, the, uh, the, uh, the video 
click on the donation tab. You can do a one-off donation like like uh, Hillary did. Is that her name? Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. M. Harry Dace. Give Harry a little plug. So I don't know if Harry's a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter. Thank you, M. Harry. So if you'd like to do a one-time donation, you can do that. We call it a one-off donation. Very easy to do. Or you can do a $10 a month deal. That'd be cool. I've got a few people that send us 10 bucks a month. We have a couple people that send us $35 a month. I think that's our highest monthly thing. Yeah, uh, we want, we need to, not only need, but we want. Is there a difference between need and want? I wonder. We need, I'll, I'll do them both. We need and want uh, donations because the, the, uh, um, the selling the products is just not working anymore. I know it's crazy. Just not happening. And this was a system that we used for, my goodness, 15 years. We did fine. House payment, we have two part-time people, all of our expenses, internet and constant contact, and we pay for photos and software, streaming. Uh, we have another technical fellow that has helps from time to time in California when uh, the two people we have don't know how to deal with it. We pay him, of course. So we have our expenses and, you know, house payment and food for Doodle and I and gas and stuff, you know, life. Covered everything. 15 years. And boy, the last year, the sales go. And our listenership in many areas have gone up. Doesn't even make sense. So I think people are just having a hard time. Or all of a sudden they don't like our products anymore, but that's not, that's not. You know. I don't think that's the case. Orange juice time. There's a, um, so we, are we, Oh, no, I didn't get to one part of the money before we move on. All the debt from the Treasury bonds, we, the United States Treasury pays interest on, right? Do you know how much that interest is every year? Interest. About, about 1.2, 1.3 trillion in interest. And then you add all that up to putting money into Social Security. Andrew Goss told us years ago that 85 cents out of every dollar that comes into Treasury is debt service of one kind or another. 85 cents. So is this government upside down? It's, this is it, folks. This is the big one. They're going to implode. I don't think we have to worry about storming the castle. I don't think we have to worry about 
overthrowing them and get messy. We don't need to do that. They're doing it all on their own. And they're just going to implode, in my opinion. And one day, they'll just implode. Who knows? All they'd have to do is default on the treasuries, and it's game over. Of course, if you don't pay Social Security, then you will have a revolution. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to find their way out of it. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Oh, yes. Hi. Hi. Patrick. Hi. Hi. How are you? Well, I'm just, I'm just finer down. than frog's hair. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to turn the volume Yeah, down. turn the volume on the computer and speak up. Yeah, how are you today? Yeah, we're fine. What's up? What's up? Oh, good, good. I, okay, I have a question. So um, I always support the products. Um, I've been using Perlsium. I've uh, It's been um, delivered uh, on time. Um, in the last month, because um, I do the auto ship, right? Yeah. I haven't received it, and I've called uh, their, uh, their customer service three times. I've sent an email, and I haven't gotten a response. Well, I, so, I know. I'm aware, and I don't know what's yeah. going on. They just may be going through a little bad hair day. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I've got two other emails. I'm sure they're going to take care of these. Two people that I know, they sent the money back. So maybe they're just out of stock. Um, and I emailed Marvin a couple days ago. Uh, Rulin Shu is the head cook and bottle washer there. And she gets this product from um, Pearls. Mm-hmm. She owns these lakes in China, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there may be some issue with it coming across. I don't know. But uh, I think you, I, that's a great product, isn't it? You're on an auto ship, isn't it great? Yes, yes, I do auto ship. And like I said, this is the first time. First time. Because yeah. usually I receive it within three, four days. Right. And it's been like, oh, um, I don't know. And I thought maybe because of the fires that may have delayed things. Uh, I don't know. What's going I don't on. know. I don't think they're affected by the fire. I don't know, my dear, but I will continue to check okay. it. And I'll say something on the air once we get it. I, I'm okay, sure they're just going through a temporary, you know, bad air day, uh-huh. as companies do. Okay. <laughs> all right okay Patrick well thank you so much and once again I take advantage of all of the information okay. thanks all your videos I try to support you with the best I can and I just um, you know want to say thank you thank, oh, you, my, thank you thank you thank you my pleasure thanks sweetie okay sure yeah I'm getting low too and I emailed I don't know what's going on once again everybody has a bad hair day so I'm sure they're going to figure it out whatever Whatever it is. Um, Oh, okay. Well, so that's probably the really interesting question that we Americans can ask ourselves, talk to God about. Big Gino, so talk to her. Um, she's a girl. Um, <laughs> The challenge is that there's nobody really 
having control of these people who are controlling, you know, our government. And there's no way to stop them at this point. So we just got to, you know, take care of our families and batten the hatches and protect ourselves in any way that we can. Stay healthy, stay strong, get some gold and silver, grow some food, whatever you need to do. And we'll be fine. Just trust that you're going to be fine. That's the deal. You know, you, you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best. You know, an interesting thing to, to really contemplate on is that what we expect, what we expect deep down is the most important um, metric in our life. What we expect. Years ago I saw a, a retail store that was for pregnant ladies, and the name of it was Expecting the Best. What a great brand name, huh? Expecting the Best. I wonder if they're still in business. And that's, that's the whole idea. You gotta expect the best. You just move on through the fog, do your thing, do your work, earn, earn the money that you need, eat as best you can, take care of your kids, take care of your boyfriend, girlfriend, significant or whatever, love them unconditionally. And expect the best, because the best is going to happen, because how would it not be? Do you think that uh, as we, all of us good folks out there, you and I, we're doing the best we can, we're nice to people, we're not trashing people, we're not stealing their money, we're not cheating, we're just good souls that uh, understand that God's cool and uh, we just want to be happy and do good stuff for people. Do all we can. Do you really think that that the universe, God, spirit, or whatever is not going to take care of us? Not going to happen. Of course they're going to take care of us. That's the way it works. That's what God does for a living. Spirit is to give everything that it can to Patrick and to you. So believe that. That's what it does. It is there. It's an energy that is filled with peace, love, and hippie beads and compassion and love and abundance and all the good words you can come up with. Just come up with all the words. You could write a list of what God is or spirit is. And that's what spirit does for a living, pouring through from big God to us in physical reality, and it feeds everything. The birds and the bees and the trees and um, you and I, this is what we live on, spirit, divine spirit. This is what runs us. This is what uh, we, we, this is what doesn't control us. It's just an energy. We put it wherever we want. It, uh, think about it as um, electricity, right? And you're an electrician. And let me do this little click. 
And it's a neutral force. Neutral in a sense that this is so cool if, when you really contemplate it. Divine Spirit wants to manifest itself. I'll start crying here if I really think about it. <laughs> Divine Spirit wants to manifest itself in physical reality, and itself is all the good stuff that we just talked about, all the attributes of God, love, peace, compassion, unconditional love, all those things. Abundance, purity, light, love, everything. That's what spirit is made out of, right? That's its essence. That's what we're made out of. Souls. This is our essence. It's what we're made out of. So we got it all, and spirit wants to manifest more of itself, and the only way it can do it, the only way it can do it, is through us. That's it. You don't see spirit just popping up, um, I don't know, a water distillation plant to places that need water just pops up there. It could, just poof, like a miracle thing. In the movie. But it, it can't do that. I guess it could, but it doesn't do it. it, it well, it can't do it. it. It needs a physical vehicle. That's why we're here. It needs a physical vehicle to manifest itself in physical reality. Does that make sense? It just has to have it. So that's why we have bodies. And that's why we have the ability, like we were talking about with uh, Anna's question, to create what we want. Either good, bad, indifferent, or ugly, or fear about the financial situation. If we didn't have this This ability, these minds, soul, emotions, to create everything, which is what we do, right? Everything, we create it, comes through us. If we didn't have this ability, then spirit could not manifest itself through us. Does that make sense? If we were just drones, with no ability to create what we want and it was just all just some big accidents like the globalists want you to think spinning around the sun with your hair on fire you don't have any control all the answers are out there see that's what that's about if we were just that spirit couldn't do anything the world would just continue to you know implode on itself because humans are they get feisty and get greedy. Make sense? So that's the double-edged sword of being a spiritual being that we have total control of our reality, total control, absolute control. And spirit is the juice, like the electricity and the electrician just puts it where it wants, but the electricity doesn't really know where it wants to go. It just is energy. And spirit knows where it wants to go. And you know what it wants to do? 
Come on, you, you know. You know what it wants to do? It wants to create more of itself. More peace, love, and hippie beads. Why would you not? Because you're peace, love, and hippie beads. You just want to do more of yourself. And the way it does more of itself, the way it manifests more of itself, is through you and I and Hannah and all the people, all of you listening. That's, that's our job here. So the more you do what you want, the more you live the life you want, and the happier you are, and the more you don't buy into whatever, and just trust spirit, but work at it. Don't just sit under the yum-yum tree and think spirit's going to make it all better because it doesn't work like that. We've got to do, do our thing. Do the work, do the research, sit quietly, learn how it works, whatever, whatever our thing is to make it help it work. You know, it's got to come through our own efforts. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. But spirit wants to know more of itself, and it does it through us. And, you know, there's an old saying that do what you love and the money will follow. You know, it really is true, and it's a very spiritual concept. Who's that fellow, the rich man, poor man guy? You know, I mean, I've seen some of his videos. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. About doing what you love. And uh, Warren Buffett talks about it. All people with a lot of money. But when we do what we love, never mind the money, I don't care what it is. You know, get married and have five kids because we really want to do that. You don't think God's going to support you with that? Whatever it is. What we do with our, what we love, Spirit just gives us more and more juice. As much as we can accept. Because we are doing what we want, which is exactly what Divine Spirit wants. Free will and God's will, in my opinion and experience, is one and the same. You want to get a horse and uh, get a horse because you really love horses? That's what God wants. Free will and God's will is one and the same. 